Okay, so we're up. So, you know, tonight, actually tomorrow is a fast day. It's a Sarvatevis. So, you know, just a thought before we start. Um, obviously, a Sarvatevis is, there are multiple, um, there are three things that really happened, which you mourn a Sarvatevis. Number one is on the 8th of Tevis, in about the year 250 uh, BCE. The Septuagint was written down. Uh, Ptolemy forced the Jews to... 72 scholars is actually a, not only in Jewish history, but in, in, in Greek history, it's in Josephus and other works as well. Um, forced the Jews to write the Torah in Greek, which was ha- actually the original uh, Christian uh, Bibles that they were using uh, were the Septuagint. Later they would, you know, for the old, what they would call the Old Testament. And the, the Septuagint, of course, uh, spread the Torah to the world, which at some level had a positive, but also had a big negative because there was a loss of spirituality. When, you, when, you, when they translate the verses, uh, you can't... Torah is boundless. And you can't... Uh, when you're translating, you can't get all of the multiple interpretations of the Torah when you do that. So that was one loss. On the ninth of Tevis was the loss of Ezra. Ezra, who was compared to Moshe Rabbeinu, passed away on the 9th of Tevis, which was today during the day. On the 10th of Tevis, 2,500 years ago, um, it was the beginning of all the fasts, the first fast that denotes the beginning of the end of the first basic of the first temple, was Asarba Tevis. Asarba Tevis, the walls uh, to, of, the sit, of the city, now the basic of were under siege. The city went under siege uh, at, that, at that point. Um, and of course, with the fall of Jerusalem and the first place of mission, we'd have a lost spirituality. Aserabatevis is all about loss of spirituality. It's all about, you know, losing connection to Hashem. Whether it was a loss of the Torah at the time of Septuagint, where people dumbed down their study of Torah and, and, and God, whether it's a loss of Ezra, you know what it means to lose Ezra? Uh, so far, I just tried to explain this to the men tonight. I said, imagine, you know, if you're a chassid and you lose a rebbe. Now, like Lubavitch doesn't have a rebbe for decades now, right? So they can't. They can only figure out what he would say. There's no when the Lubavitch rebbe was alive. There was no internet. So they can, they can, what would he say about that? They have no idea what he would say. No, if you're a Breslov, they had a rebbe for two hundred years, right? You know, or you had a great rabbi, Rabbi Feinstein. They, you lost your teacher. You lose. You, it, you, you lose. You know, clarity in life. Well, well, Ezra was the leader of the Jewish people. He was the builder. When you lose Ezra, it's compared to Moshe Ben, it's a loss. And when you lose a base image, it's a tremendous loss. We live in a world today of a very big dearth of spirituality, a very big dearth of connection. I'm, I'm including Orthodox Jews in this, by the way. It's so possible to live a life where you just do the mechanics of Torah and, and your inside is empty. Chas v'shalom. And the fast days, first of all, to mourn the loss of spirituality. When we mourn for Jerusalem, what are we mourning for? Not to, we're not just happy that the Guatemalan embassy. Guatemala puts their embassy in Jerusalem. We want Hashem. We want the, we want the base of Migdash. The best embassy in Jerusalem is the base of Migdash. The temple, right? We want to have that connection. And on Aserba Tevis, it should be really a time where we have introspection of what we want more spirituality in our own lives. Right? We want to bring Hashem more into our own lives. Actually, this class 
it's part of that, but when you have these days, whether you're fasting, my wife is not fasting, she's still feeding our baby, so, you know, some, some, or you're not fasting, so they were to have circumspect, you know, to really think what the essence of life is. People tend to look at fast days and like, ah, oh. and really fast days are a gift. They really have to look at it as the same, as a tremendous gift uh, to make you realize what life is about. We're not here to work for Google or Yahoo or, or Kaiser or what be that was me. We're here to serve Hashem. And even if you're not fasting, if there are people who have a legitimate, like my wife and others, not fast. It's still a day to, to, to contribute, to think about uh, spirituality. It's also a day, really, to think about, you know, if you want to be submitted, to bring Torah to other people. I'm going to tell you uh, something that hit me two days ago. I had two people two days ago email me that they or told me that they're so depressed. Why are they so depressed? Because uh, they look at Facebook. Did you hear this thing before Facebook? Uh, and they see Jews with Christmas trees, or Jews celebrating Christmas, Xmas. They can't, you know. It, 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 so two people said this to me. So I said, I emailed them. So what are you doing about it? <laughs> what are you doing about it? You're telling me, you're telling me that you're depressed. What in the world are you doing about it? Like, what are you doing that you're upset to see Jewish people with last name Goldberg, or or or, or or Cohen, uh, you know, with in front of trees. Like, what are you doing about it? Instead of being depressed, you know these people do something. So, you know, I had a, a, a remarkable, I mean, literally a remarkable, I'm saying this because the Serbian taste, you know, in this time of year, people should be, we should be thinking about our own spirituality. We should be thinking of other people's. Um, it's an unbelievable story. I flew back Monday night, two nights ago. I'm on the plane. This is actually... Remarkable. So in New York, you know, you come with seven, eight kids. Eh, nobody looks at you because they're used to Orthodox Jews. I get off the plane in San Jose. And it's like the heads are like turning. You know, all my little kids are taking their wheelies. You know, uh, but you know, you get the plane. It's a whole. We're pretty noticeable, and we're on the plane. Fine. So one of the stewardesses, my wife starts talking to her for a few minutes. For a few minutes, you know, in a few minutes later, I ended up in a conversation with her. I'm looking at her. I'm thinking to myself, possible. So she told me, she said she's a single mother of five kids. She must be in her 50s. And she's a, a tw- you know, she said she had a child 25. She did not look it. So I said to her, like, you know, you know, what's your background? What's your background? You have five kids. That's remarkable. So she looks at me, and she says to me, her father's Jordanian, and her mother's Israeli. I said, Jewish Israeli? So she tells me, yeah, Jewish. But she said she was raised Muslim. You know, uh, in fact, she said she, she grew up with no Judaism. With no Judaism. Zero. She was one of 13 kids. Her mother was, like, I think, like a communist. Like, you know, Ashkenaz. Like, far off kibbutznik who ended up marrying a Jordanian. Like, they actually had come to America on a way, in a torch, went to Jordan. Married a Jordanian Muslim. So I got this whole conversation with her. I gave her my card, and I gave my, told her my history series. She promised she's going to contact me. But what was amazing to me, what was amazing to me, is she told me that, you know, when she was younger, she never thought about Judaism. And only recently, now that she's been a stewardess for a couple of years, 
she's been thinking about, being, about her Jewish background. And she said to me, she was hoping, she was hoping, when she was talking to my wife, that my wife would ask her something about Jew- being Jewish. And the woman can, she looked, I, you know, I'm, pre- I'm decent at this, so I can probably usually pick some Jewish pretty quick. Um, but she told me she was hoping that we would bring up her Judaism. I, those words have echoed in my mind since that, that conversation. She, she didn't bring it up. She didn't even bagel. You know, some people say, say Shalom Aleichem to you, or, or I'm Jewish, or they throw you a little wine, or, or Happy Hanukkah. You know, I've walked sometimes past here, sometimes Shabbat Shalom to me. So, you know, you know, I have a few people I'm in contact with because they said Shabbat Shalom to me. You know, live in San Jose. It's some of them, you know. Um, but this lady didn't do any of that. I'm telling you nothing. Zero, she didn't give a hint. But she said she was hoping that we'd bring up Judah. I, I was hit in my, you know, it, it just like echoed in my mind. You know, she's hoping. And really, we're surrounded by people. I, you know, I, was, I, kept think, I keep thinking to myself, you know, we in the Bay Area, you know, there are very few religious Jews. There are very few Jews who ever heard of Asar Batavis. How many Jews in the whole San Jose, what percent do you think heard of Asar Batavis? I guarantee you less than 1%. Right? I guarantee less than 1% of Jews in San Jose heard of Sarah Batavis. And the Bayer want less than 1%. Right? It's the first time I hear about it, actually. I don't even know what is it. Sarah Yeah. So good you came tonight. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's so many Jews who don't know anything. And they're hoping. And I'm going to tell you something else. Our neshamas also are hoping for more spirituality. Right? We, just like we have to bring it to other people, it's it's the the we, you know, just like that lady, which is so sad. I mean, it's so refreshing on one level. She's hoping, but hoping. But but you know, so I said to these people, I said, you know, you you know, people are just go out and reach out to them. Don't just let them sit by Christmas trees. Do something. I guarantee you that they're articulated now. They're also hoping for a connection. They don't know how to get there very often, but everyone's hoping. But we're also hoping. And we, when we come to our Batavis, we should be thinking about our own spirituality. We should be thinking about other people's spirituality. And when you when we learn when a class like tonight, it's, it's a good way to work on it. But really, take the day tomorrow, whether you're fasting, which is that, of course, one should, unless they have a legitimate reason not to, uh, or not, to take a few minutes and think about missing a base of Mikdash, missing spirituality in our own lives, missing Torah. Really, our lives, when, we, we're, when we're we're pulsating. I, 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 I'm sorry if I'm rambling here about Sabbatavis, but you know, I went to the cemetery. You know, I, because I, 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 I was never. My grandfather passed. My father's father passed away 25 years ago. And I was never in the cemetery because he's buried in New Jersey. When they flew him to New Jersey. Um, my grandmother passed away two years ago. My father's mother, and so I, I told him if I wanted to go to the cemetery. It's actually. Um, so I went. We went on Thursday to the cemetery, and actually, it was a very, I had a very strong feeling. Being that my, my son Yosef Mayer is named directly after my grandfather Yosef Mayer Levine, Yosef Mayer Levine, he had a very strong experience. You know, and you daven by your, your grandparents, Kevin. You really, you're davening to Hashem. But you're saying, you're saying to Hashem, listen, you know, I'm a continuation in their merit. Give me, you know, you know, give us bracha. We should continue. Then on Sunday. That was in Mount Lebanon Cemetery. That was near Edison. And on Sunday, we went to Montefiore, New Montefiore, which is in Long Island, where my wife's grandfather, his 
mother's father, right, and her great grandmother. Her great grandmother was, was name was Sima Stamler. She was, I, said, I, I mentioned a few years ago who she was. She lived to 106 years old. She was a hot Sima. My Sima is named after her. She was a she was a, a, a Holocaust survivor, and she had eight children. And her husband passed away a few weeks after the Holocaust, when she was in her 40s. So she she came with her eight children to America, and she lived to 106. I was at her funeral. She had a picture of Chedva as a baby with five generations, because she passed away at 106 years old. I was at her funeral. I think she had like 600 descendants. This is 13 years ago. By now, I have no idea how many descendants she has. Like, you know. Um, but what hit me at that cemetery is she was buried. She was a Hasidic lady. Uh, really Hungarian Hasidic, and she she was buried in a borough park section. Not a word of English in those tombstones. They all had the candle things before there, right? You know, we like candles when you go to the tombstone. That's a Hasidic minhag, uh, and you know you can read the tombstones. Or they're all about pious people, and they live Torah, and they live mitzvahs, and they were spiritual, and they're this. And my wife's great grandmother, who was Simma, my children's great-great-grandmother, they talk about how she was a Holocaust survivor who rebuilt her family after the Holocaust, and actually on the bottom there, um, we had a, a, you know, a, a memoriam of her parents who were killed in the Holocaust, slaughtered in the Holocaust. And you see that, that, that whole section's like this. If you go maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred feet away, on the other side of the road, it's a big cemetery in Montefiore. There was a section called, the, it was like the Progressive Society of Manhattan. It wasn't a word of Hebrew. There wasn't a word of Hebrew in those tombstones. It was all English. No mention of, of their lives, of anything. Just Goldstein died 44. You know, Feinberg died 77. Not anything else. Not a word of Hebrew. Not like on the bottom, their soul should be connected to everything. And the, the, for me, seeing the starkness of the difference of the cemetery, I mean, they're all the same cemetery, but the, the different sections of it. One, you go there, these people lived lives of spirituality, and the other, most of not knowing better, were devoid of that. Devoid of any Hashem. You know, and, and you know, you're at a cemetery, I tell my kids, you know, remember you don't live forever. You know, and we're here, this world, we're supposed to be infused with Hashem. Really. You know, when we say Mashiach, when the base is rebuilt, it's the it's Malakar, it's there. The whole the purpose of the world, the whole world should know Hashem. In the future, all of the world is going to know God. We say at the end of Alenu, Vahaya, what do we say? Bayomaho, Hashem Echar, you know, all, all of the internet, all of the news, all of everything is be Hashem. That's the goal of life. Right, it's really the goal. Really, we get so caught up in a billion other things. We get caught up in so we get so lost. Um, you know, and the fast day, we're mourning. What are we mourning? We're really mourning. You know, the basic issue is the building. We're mourning the spirituality that's lost. We're mourning our connection to Hashem, which is what we're here in this world to be, which is what the world to come is. So it's it's a good opportunity. It's a, and so I, I mention this because I you know people go to shortest fast day there is tomorrow, and we're learning here about character development. But we should be thinking about our own spirituality, 
and on other people's spirituality. And just like, you know, that lady was hoping, so, you know, hoping. There are many people around us hoping, and we should be hoping to connect to Hashem. Okay, so we left off last time talking about Sheker, lying, being false. We, we, we discussed uh, the case of the, the person who lies about everything. That was the first liar. You know, you can't take them one word serious, one word seriously, and how detrimental that is to a person's spirituality and to a person's relationships. If a person is a liar, they're not trustworthy. And then we talk about a person who embellishes. They have a story, and every you know, is fifty-five percent true with forty-five percent false. They add on. They, you know, you don't know. You know, they don't really. You can't really. You don't know what's true, what's not true. Some, some of it's true, some of it's not true. They change the facts. They, 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 they change the dates, they change the stories. But both of those are, are, are toxic, right? Because, the, the, as we mentioned, the, the seal of God is truth. The, the, the desire of Hashem Torah is to teach us truth. And, it's, it's a t- and being a person who's false, right, is really to, to, live, to, to live a life of false, which is really, really a big detriment. So we'll pick up where we left off. Uh, a third type of liar it's not as bad the affliction is like she calls it a sickness you know to be a liar is to be at some level sick right to be a person who's disingenuous is to be sick at some level right um, now that people not, who don't generally lie they don't generally lie, but they're not so diff- different. Um, they don't. They don't particularly distance themselves from it. means if they need to, they'll, they'll, they'll change some story. Now, they don't look at lying as poison, right? You know, if you view, uh, you know, lying as poison, do you eat any? Po- anyone eat poison ever? How about rat poison? You ever try rat? You ever try rat poison? No, rat poison. Anybody? Why not? Kill you. You know, I'm only taking a drop. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of rat poison will kill everybody. In a drop, you get sick. You get probably throw up a few times. So you want to try a little bit of rat poison? How about would anyone by raising hands? Anyone here? Would anyone take a speck of rat poison? Anyone try it? Anybody? How about for a, if I gave you a thousand? Honestly, if I give you a thousand dollars, if I give you one drop of rat poison, no? Why not? Because it's rat poison, right? It's who in the world? So if you view lying as poison, you're not gonna just. It's a little lie. So it's just a little bit. So the person doesn't get away with that sickness because they don't view lying as so bad. Everybody lies. President lies. His opponents lie. The news lies. Every, all the news lies. It's just how bad the, lie, the lies are. Right? So it's all fake. It's, there's so much... Listen, I was interviewed multiple times for different things, and things were wrong. You know, I remember I, I got interviewed when I came to, to the show. They, I, I got interviewed on the phone. They put an art, uh, article in some newspaper. I, I All of a sudden, I became a California bar attorney. I, went to Cal, I, went to, I was in Jersey. I mean... It is false. A lot of things, mistakes. Sometimes purpose. Sometimes not on purpose. Sometimes you get caught. I'm just talking my own small experience. You imagine on a macro level. It's you know, 
things are all off all the time. They put an article on the, about the Erev. They put an article on Erev. They put this in Erev and Sunnyvale. Like, what kind of... friends in Sunnyvale were surprised to hear I'm sure they were. I'm sure they I'm sure, you, know, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's, those, by the way, are, are typically mistakes. But there's all falsehoods all over the place. Um, so you know, a person says to themselves, that's a big deal. I, I changed the story. I made something up. So a person says, they don't think it's so bad. They don't distance themselves from it. If they need to, they'll, 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 they'll say this and it's false. They'll say it jokingly. They don't mean anything bad. You know, they just, you know, uh, I, I did this, or I went there, or she did this. You know, it's not true. And it's not true. If I'm but the wise person, i.e. Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, informs us, to know that spiritually lying is poison. Now I want you to know something. Uh, I, I honestly, um, in marriage, uh, a healthy, uh, dynamic marriage, but this applies to all relationships, but uh, the, 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 the number one criteria is trust. I had to pick the, in a deep relationship, a deep relationship, the most important characteristic is trust. Right? If you have someone you can trust, you know, whether it's uh, a spouse, a child, a parent, trust, it's an, uh, if I had to say deep, the only way you can have a deep relationship, you know, actually, they show, um, you know, psychologically, when people have issues, it's because of breakdown of trust, like people have been abused. Why is abuse so detrimental? You know, it kills your trust in people, right? It kills your you can't you can't buy into relationships very often, right? I mean, listen. At the end of the day, uh, you hear these things like a kid gets physically or sexually abused as a little kid. Thirty years later, you're still traumatized. You know, what's you know? But really, what happens is that little kid gets the wrong trust. An adult or a relative, God forbid, or a teacher, or God forbid, even a a person they look up to, hurts them like that, their ability to trust people, right? If if a person of authority could do that, they lose trust. Well, trust is so important in a relationship you can count on people. You can trust people. When you lie in a relationship, right, you can't trust the person who lies. Right? If you somebody lies to, uh, you know, I, I, I'll tell you one thing. You know, that anyone who lies to me, and I'm not telling everyone makes a mistake, but I'm saying as a general, I can't trust them. How do I know whether it's the truth? I mean, I want to, how do I trust the person? I'm not telling I want to deal with the person. Trust? How do, you deal with, how do you trust a liar? Someone lies, you know what I mean? You know, and you, you, you break that ability to have a relationship. Well, a person who lies also breaks the ability to calibrate truth. And life is about relationship with God, as we started tonight. Right? To have a trusting, and also about truth. <laughs> I miss. You know what the hardest thing for us to do is to be what we're supposed to be. To be who we're supposed to be. 
And that, you have to be MS. You need to be truthful. You can't beat around the bush. Now, it's very easy just to coast, you know. Uh, A lot of people don't want to hear the truth for themselves, they don't, you know, because but they, we need to hear the truth about ourselves. I'm not saying that I have to say it or anyone else. We need to do the truth for ourselves. And if you if you get used to lying, you dumb it down. Says Shlomo Amelech, tr- lying, even a little bit lying, is rat poison. It's bad. It's really bad. It's, and it's not only is it really bad to lie, is hepech rotzenah it's the opposite of the will of Hashem. Umidas chasidov and the acts of pious ones, humasha kasov, it's what Shlomo says in Mishlo, devar shaker yisna tzadik, that a tzadik, a righteous person, despises, despises falsehood. They have no tolerance for falsehood. They despise Shekhar. That's what the Torah's admonition. The Torah says, Distance yourself from evil. Don't get next to Shekhar. It doesn't say beware of falsehood. Distance yourself. Stay far, stay far away. To tell us, about how much you have to distance yourself from Shekhar. Don't get near it. Don't, don't tell it. If you, don't bring it into your kitchen. Don't, say important point. don't bring it into your life. Shekhar is toxic. It's bad. Any Shekhar, any embellishment, any falsehood, any lying, any, uh, any exaggeration is not true. You know, they say that Rabbi Chaim Soloveitchik, he once spent hours working on Torah, and when he realized it was like he ripped it all up, no one, I wouldn't realize. Who doesn't realize? You know, there was, one, there was a story there of Shach. He's an elderly, Rav Shach was the Gadol Hador. He passed away, hundreds of thousands of people at his funeral, right? And he was giving Sharon Panovich, he was, I think he's in his late 80s, early 90s. He passed away, he was over 100. And he's giving Sharon Panovich. Who is he giving share to? He's giving a lecture on Talmud to people in their young 20s. Okay? He's about 90, somewhere around there. He's giving share to people in the 20s. He's the elder sage of the generation. And young people. And he's giving a share. And somebody asked him a question on his Talmudic lecture. Right? And he said, he's thinking, and he's thinking, and, and, and he said it was a good question. Share's over. And did the share. Because he felt his whole lecture could not be said at, this, at that point. It was all based on one purpose. Now I'm sure Shach could have pulled a fast one on the whole share. And no one would have got it. You know, that's not a question. I've seen this happen before. I've my own eyes. Ah! You know, like the, 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 the teacher goes, ah! Moves on the class and the class continues. But to Rav Shach, truth is truth. I mean, Hashem hates truth. You had to distance yourselves from Shekhar you know, if, if, even if it's, even if it means changing who you are in your life, even if it means admitting that you're wrong, even if it admits that you're going to get into trouble, now, there are some exceptions for peace where we don't bend the truth, but we look like, you know, Hashem tells, um, 
uh, Avram that Sarah laughed. Why did she laugh? Why was she laughed? Because she thought Avram was too old. But what did Hashem tell, what did Hashem tell Avram? That she was too old. So again, those are the one percent exceptions. We're not going to deal with this this moment. But as a whole, I mean, t- lying is so bad. We have to be people of truth. Amis. And sometimes truth can be very hard. Sometimes truth can be extraordinarily difficult. Sometimes saying the truth, living the truth. But it's it's when you get to be a person of Amis, it changes your whole life. Right, and if you realize sheker so bad, you'll be a person who in, has integrity. Right, it, 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 there's certain amount of sacrifice, but the, the reward is so great in this world and the next great world. And in, in your relationships with yourself, you'll be truthful to yourself. You'll be who you want to be. The worst thing in the world, by the way, is to live a life that's not yours. <laughs> The worst thing is to not be the person you should be in this world. We're all different. We're created different. We're supposed to be different, right? If you have truthful, you'll be truthful to others, and you'll have deep relationships. If you're truthful, you can have a relationship with Hashem. Uchvar Namar, and the, the pasuk says the pasuk in Sefania. Sefania is one of the last twelve prophets, the minor prophets. Sheiris Yisrael lo yasu avlo. The remnant of Israel will not commit corruption. They will not speak falsehood. And a deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouth. You hear this? She'eres Yisrael says Tzafania. The remnant of Israel. They will not commit corruption. And they will not speak falsehood. Lush and tarmus, and they will not—they will not have any deceit found on their tongue. Our sages of blessed memory said, "That the signet, the seal of God, is truth, is emes." And if the seal of Hashem is truth, if the seal of Hashem is truth, how? Despicable is the opposite of truth to God. Is the opposite of truth uh, to Hashem. Mehizar Kodesh Baruch Hu Emes as God says um, has uh, admonishes strongly about speaking truth. It says also Pasuk in Zechariah, if the Amr Dabru Emes Isis speak truth with another. One should speak truth with another. But again, I'm telling you, forgetting biblical, don't forget. But besides biblical commandments. Besides world to come and truth, you want to, in this practically, you want to have relationship with this world. If you're a liar, if you're not honest, you will never have a deep relationship. You cannot have a deep relationship. It will always be superficial. It won't be true. You know what? One of the things I hate about social media, it's so fake. It's so false. The smileys and the thumbs up and blah 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 it's so fake these people will never help you in a million years if you need help some people won't but that's not because of social media that's because they're really your friends it's not real the whole thing is a fantasy world it's about talking you know, it's, it's such fake things that you don't you know, you know same person you walk by the street they walk by you they put the smiley the heart whatever they do over there right, right? it's, it's Shaq and people put pictures it's out of context 
you know, this beautiful scene on the mouth, they're all smiling five minutes before they're all fighting, you know, like, you know, they're screaming at each other. All of a sudden, they take their selfie. You know, like, they're having the time of their lives, you know, five minutes before they're throwing, throwing food at each other. You're like, yeah, it's such shakir, the whole perception is shakir, right? It's fake, it, it's, it's manipulative. Well, in life, and you tell, you, know, you can't have a real world, and really, if you don't, imagine the following thing. Seriously, imagine you marry somebody, and you tell them you're a doctor. And really, you're not a doctor. Really, you don't have a job. But you tell your, let's say, we'll pick on the men because they're not here. Your husband tells you he's a doctor. Every day he puts on his doctor uniform and he goes out to work and he pretends that he's a doctor. Now, I, I knew somebody who did this, by the way. I heard a story. Someone I knew did something like this, right? And I know him personally, I mean, like, deeply. I know who the person was. Told his wife he's a doctor. Right, let's imagine that was all the, the only lie he did. I don't believe that was the only lie he did. Or the, is that relationship real? What do you think? No. The wife doesn't even know what her husband does. It's a fake relationship. And I'm sure, by the way, there's many other things that this guy, you know, did. He probably cheated on her. Who knows what else this person, this sicko, did? You know, like it's a not. It's not real. You know, you tell your spouse something, and you're not doing that. It's a fake relationship. Same thing as anybody in this world, by the way. You put on, oh, I do this. You don't do that. That's not who you are. It's not a real relationship. It's not, it's not, there's no depth to that. Tell, you want to have, have depth? You need to be honest. Right? You've got to be truthful. You know, it's, it, 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 there has to be, you know, and, 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 and again, in, in familial relationships, children, again, there's tact and there's wisdom how to deal Inter, interpersonal relationships but if you're dishonest you'll lose trust and you won't, it won't be real it won't be a real you know fairly losing trust it won't be real you'll be living or dealing or with a person that's not real so says Zechariah speak truth tell truth to people I've had actually this is remarkable I've had people come to my office, ask me Shilas. Now, why are they in my office if they tell me something that's not true? But I'm telling you many, not every day, and it's not majority, but many times I get questions which are not true. Which means that some fact, some ingredient, sometimes there are two people fighting or whatever, and someone's not honest. Sometimes it's they're not honest with their own questions. I, I, and then, so, do you think I can answer a question if someone changes the facts? And you know who, you know, you know, who, you know, you know, you know that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was asked about the spies, they asked him to go visit the land of Israel to spy on the land. What did he tell them? He let them do it. How come he let them do it if they're going to fail? Because they, they, they hid their real motives. Right? They, were, they were not honest with Moshe Rabbeinu why they were spying the land. So, when you, even after asking a shout out to a rabbi, you got to be honest. Right? If you're looking, you know, if you if you're looking um, to figure out what you want to do in your life, you know, uh, you can't ask a shaila or a question or career advice. And you're not, imagine going to a person with career advice, and you say you're a great artist, and meanwhile you can't draw a picture. Wouldn't that be crazy? Right? I'm great with my hands. What do you mean? What do you mean you're great with your hands? Your hands are you have two left hands and you're a righty. Right? I mean, like, what are you talking about? Right? You got to be honest. If you want to have relationships, you want to be truthful. You got to be. Person needs to be to, to be to be truthful with self. 
the Amar also says in Isaiah, "Who chamech chesed?" Listen, listen, listen to this. This, this is going to be how Mashiach will come. Who chamech chesed kisei? The throne of the Mashiach will be established by virtue of kindness, acts of kindness, one to another, one Jew to another. The Yashavalov be'emes, but he'll sit on that throne by the virtue of truth, because Mashiach. And Hashem, it's all about truth, right? The, you know, it's all about, when I, we said earlier, God in the world, because really, even right now, everything is Hashem. You know, it's all Hashem. We, just, we don't see it today. We're blinded by a billion other things that just take us away from our focus. But it's all about truth. We're bringing Mashiach, and that's the Mashiach is Emes. Halamanita, Shazatolui Bazah, right? That says the Ramchal that being Hashem's people is totally being truthful. You want to be a, a Yid? You want to be a Jew? You need to be a, a truthful person. And Zachariah says that Jerusalem is a city of truth. It's a city where people, where, where people you know, live the truth. And why is, by the way, called the truth? That's to show, uh, it's to show uh, the importance of it, that truth Emes. By the way, you know, once in a while, not once in a while, you know, unfortunately, it's not common. You hear these Jews who get either arrested for uh, for cheating or are people are dishonest. I guess, like, you know, where do they get that from? It's not from the Torah. I have their sociological reasons how that could happen, but Torah is it's clear: honesty, integrity. We talked about business rise. You know, dealing with people, not to be conniving. To be truthful to yourself, to be truthful to, to, to others. Uchvaramu Chazal, the day, listen to this, the day for Emes Bilvavo, in your own heart, in your own heart, be truthful. Could go Rav Safra, they go the story of Rav Safra. Who was Rav Safra? Anyone know the story of Rav Safra? So the story of Rav Safra is, is the story in the Gemara. It's, like, uh, 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 um, yeah, it's in, actually, it's in the Shultas. So Rav Safra once had a donkey for sale. Okay, R- Rashi quotes this, uh, the Rufon quotes this in, in Marcus. He had a donkey for sale. And, um, and a buyer came to buy the donkey. And he offered him a price. Only problem is Rav Safra was in the middle of davening. So he ignored him. He ignored him. But he himself said to him, as he is, when he heard the price, he said, okay, I'll sell it. Well, I can't talk right now. So, and he had, they wanted to davening. The bar didn't hear anything. And he said, it must be it's too low of a price. I'll, he gave him a higher price. Safra continued, didn't say anything. And the bar said, I'll give you a higher price. And Safra kept davening. And he a higher price. Finally, Safra finished davening. And he says, I'm going to sell it to you for the first price. Because I already said in my heart, I'm going to sell it for that price. And that's a very high level of being truthful to yourself, to your heart. If you say something in your own heart, you're going to do it, right? That you're being honest to yourself, right? You know, you be honest to yourself, even in your own heart. In your own heart, that's what King David says in Tillam. How hard much is be truthful? For us, and I'll tell you the truth. Many, many years ago, I once had like a life thing. 
And I knew something, and I was wavering, and I listened to people. Uh, even I knew it wasn't the right thing to do. Listen, whatever. But and, 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 it, the, and what happened is I temporarily something I didn't want to happen happened. And from then on, I always said to myself, I've got to be honest with myself. You know, I, 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 I mean, Frank, I don't really, I, 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 I'm human, but I don't, I, when I'm making a decision, my most important thing to me is, is it right? Period. Is it truthful to myself? I don't, you know, and I'm, I'm saying I talk about subjective in life very often. Like, you know, my own life, my own family, I will always think first and foremost, not what anyone else says. I'll take everyone's advice. A, a, a smart person asks advice from many people and listens to people and takes constructive criticism. But you know what? If I wanted to be a rabbi or a lawyer, if I wanted to do this, I'm not asking, who's living with this? You know, like, I am. You know, so you have eight kids, 20 kids, 15 kids, three kids. You're going you're gonna to buy a house, not buy I mean, you can listen to lots of people's advice. But at the end of the day, you've got to be truthful with yourself. It's not just business. You know, you've got to live the life that you're supposed to live. Dovramas Bavava means you've got to live with yourself. You've got to live with yourself. And if your heart says this is what you should do, you should live with that. Right? If you know something is right, you should... Don't deny the truth for yourself. I mean, obviously, be intelligent. Sometimes you're in an echo chamber. I was telling, actually, somebody... I was at a wedding when I was in New York, and somebody who used to live in the Bay, a few people from the Bay were there. I was telling them, I said, do you ever go hear a Musser? I said, it's important to hear a Musser. So you, you hear something outside your echo chamber. Like, oh, listen to a big person speak, so you, you think beyond yourself. But ultimately, you need to live over Emmett's Belvavo. If you're a truthful person, you'll know what's right. You'll, you at some level, at the end of the day, after thinking it over, you know, it, it was some, uh, you know in marriage... The person who knows best is a dating person. If they're honest, if they're honest, and they sought advice, and they had the right uh, right thought process, but you you know you don't listen to anyone. Marry, don't marry. Were you crazy? I would never tell somebody you have to marry this person. I, how do I do it? You know, I give a person advice. She seems nice. He seems nice. This I've I've made shaduchin, you know. But you know who lives with the person they marry? You do. Not only the person, you, and not only in this world, not, but not only in this world, forever, mm-hmm. for eternity, you share the world to come with them if you stay married, right? You have children, you share the, not only the, the physical DNA, the spiritual DNA, that's going to be the grandparent of your grandchildren, the great-great-grandparent, you know, there's going to be, there's realities to this stuff, right? You're going to make decisions, so again, most people, by the way, are not emistics, uh, Maybe they shouldn't follow their heart. <laughs> they're not truthful in anything in life. They're not truthful in their lifestyle. And then, like, following their heart is, is, is a representative for disaster for some people. But if you're a truthful person and you're looking for the truth, you should follow what you know is the truth. Because you, with your own life, right, you'll know what's best. You'll, you'll, you know, and most people, if they're honest, I'm not saying most people do it, as I said, truth is hard sometimes, will know what's right. They will know. I, they will know. It's, we all you know, actually there's a, a remarkable thing kabbalistically. After prophecy, if we're honest with ourselves, and I mean brutally honest, brutally honest, we can know all the big decisions. That's right. It doesn't mean if by house A or house B. That's not with yourself. You know, you can say what you like better. But I'm talking what you should be doing in your career, who you should be marrying. You know. 
what, how you should be, your lifestyle. I mean, where, if your person's brutally honest, there's a certain level of Ruach HaKadosh, of divine inspiration that we all have to do what we're supposed to. Whether it's a deal, I said this, so if Sarah says, you know, I agreed in my heart, I'm going to sell it, that's it. You know why he did that? Because to Rav Safra, Emes was more important than any prophet. We, I can make more money. <laughs> but to Rav Safra, the truth was much more valuable. That, you know, we hear the story, like he was davening, he got one price, the second, third, third, was. But to Rav Safra, the Emes, the, the, the little level of truth that was more, was so much more, worth so much more money. Had so much more of an impact on uh, on his life. The Torah bans a Torah scholar to change um, anything, right? Um, except for three things. The Gemara Bible says three things that change. One is to the extent of his Torah knowledge. He can be humble and not say exactly. Uh, you know, his Torah, he can downgrade his Torah, so he can, like, humbleness. Another thing is, he doesn't have to tell people, uh, you know, who are the great hosts, because people take advantage of these hosts or whatever. And number three is, obviously, if somebody asks about their private, intimate life, <laughs> you know, which is, which is chutzpah, uh, a, a Torah scholar could be, you know, vague and change that. But, but, but in general, you're not changing nothing. You can't change what it's if you're dishonest, you'll be dishonest on every aspect of your life. You'll be a fake. When I see 99% of these Hollywood people, they're the biggest losers, drug addicts, miserable wretches. Right? That's who they are. You know, literally, they smile on their Twitter accounts and all like, you know, but they're such miserable, phony fakes. You know, uh, but, but more than anything else, they have no concept of truth. Right, like there's no their whole life, all of you know the entertainments or all the probably fifty thousand magazines or websites for people. It's such shaker. It's all a show. It's what they call it, show business. That's what it is. They they, they, don't have, they have no concept of truth in themselves. They can't stay married. They can't have normalcy. They have to get on. You know, you know, you know people who are on drugs. I'm not talking people who are on. It's because they can't deal with reality. Right? You know. They can't deal with... I mean, there are people who have clinical illnesses. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, you know, they're looking for fake worlds. You know, drinking. You know, all of this stuff is, is an inability to deal with truth. Um, and one of the spiritual pillars of the world, which means it spiritually sustains the world, is MS. It's one of the three pillars of the world. A person who speaks falsehood, a person who lies, who fabricates, who fibs, takes away from the spiritual essence of the world. And the opposite, somebody who's truthful and honest, helps the spirituality of the world, brings truth uh, to the world. Our sages taught in Sanhedrin, there is a place that where people are so careful about truth. Uh, 
there's a place where the Malach HaMavis couldn't get into, you know, um, because it was so truthful. Whether it's the place was literal or the, the Gemara is teaching us just a lesson, the concept is there was a place where the Malach HaMavis couldn't get to because it, it was so truthful. Lufi, there was once a, a wife of a rabbi, she spoke untruthfully, right? She meant well, right? Her, let's imagine the following case. Her husband was busy, right? Um, and so she didn't want him to be bothered, so she changed the facts. He's unavailable, he's doing this. Really, he's right there next to her. You know, like whatever it is on the phone. Or whatever. She, so in this case, someone knocked on the door and she lied. And she meant well, and there's good reason the Gemara talks about. She brought the Malacham to this town, which had no Malacham uh, so they kicked her out. Because this town never had death. She lied. Death came to the town. They found out what happened. They kicked her out, and the town went back to normal. What does that mean? It, it means that lying is rat poison. So it's physical rat poison. It's spiritual rat poison. Right? When a person lies, fabricates, whether on Twitter, whatever, social media, emails, talking... You know, acting, it's literally poison. If a person, you don't have to even say anymore, everyone knows the truth about this. The intellect says if a person is dishonest, disingenuous, it's, it's negative. So, why do people lie sometimes? Because they don't they lose focus on how, on how bad it is. A, anyone who's honest with themselves will know that how important it is to be truthful to oneself, to be truthful to others, to be truthful to Hashem. Next week, we will pick up the next topic, which is Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying the name of God, and Chil Hashem. Every Shon should have a meaningful fast tomorrow. Good night. Okay.